0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Whew. We started to get excited there for a minute, and then it just kind of went, wrong. I did my hair nice for everybody, just special, because I knew I was going to be up here, and nobody seems to appreciate it. Oh, okay. Laugh at my hair. That's okay. Well, praise the Lord, saints. I'm happy to be here today. Whether or not you are, I am. I know you are. I'm just kidding. It's summertime. It's hot outside. People are moving, both physically and hopefully spiritually. And I got three kids, so I know under the age of four, And I'm quickly learning. I quickly learned what it means to really be tired. I thought I knew when I was in college, when I was pulling all those all-nighters and cramming for those tests because I never liked to study until the very last minute. But man, that ain't nothing compared to what it's like to have the kids wake you up in the middle of the night. And everyone who had kids said amen. I know there's some amens in here. I mean, I, that was my one piece of advice that I always gave people when, when they were about to have their first child. I said, I told my brother this when he, before he had their son just a few months ago. I said, enjoy the fact every morning that you wake up, it's because you set that alarm and you wanted to get up at that time. Because as soon as that baby is born, you can just throw your alarm clock away because you will not be needing it for a good year, year and a half, two years, most likely. Well, and then God gave us Micah. <clears throat> God bless him. He is, I told my wife, I said, he. God truly saved the best for last. Not that I don't love my two other boys, but, man, I put we put him down at 8.30, and he is up again at 7. Oh, man, I almost feel like dancing. Just for, just, who got... Got goosebumps. But praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles with you, yeah, I heard that. Shh! I'll rebuke that from the pulpit. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Amen. It's good to be home. We were down in Southern Oregon last last week, visiting with family. We had a great time with the Vandeveners down there. Um, But it's good to be back here in Beaverton. Turn to Psalms, chapter 27, verse 1. Psalms, chapter 27, verse 1. It says this, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? Put your Bibles down. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Lift your hearts. Lift your voices. That's what God cares about right now. And let's just talk to the Lord for one last moment before we get into this word today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity you have given us today, Lord. To receive your word, Jesus. To be in your presence, in your spirit, God. Hallelujah. Because we know that where you are, Lord, there is liberty, Jesus. Where you are, Lord, lives are changed, God. And I'm so thankful that I know a place where I can come. Where I'm with like-minded people, Lord. When we gather together and we lift up your name, Jesus. Your word declares that you are in the midst of us. And I know that you are here right now in this place. And I thank you so much for it. And everybody lift your voices to the Lord Almighty. And say, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's okay to get excited about the one who gave it all for you. We sang a song that said, I give you all of me, God. And how do we show that? We can't go out and do very much, but we can show that by our praise and by the lifting up of our voice and our hearts and our time and our energy. Amen. That's what we're doing here today. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus hallelujah 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 you may be seated I don't know about you but my news feed and, and Facebook feed and Instagram was full of NAYC and I wish I could have been there we had one of our uh, Sister Anna was able to go and I hopefully we'll hear from her maybe next Sunday or something about how it was and, and, and what that experience was like but 34,000 young people slash some old people there was, an, there was an amazing video that I shared that this guy, I don't know, I'm assuming he was in his 80s, maybe 90s, but he had his walker. And man, he was doing a jig as good as he could do with that walker, just worshiping God. And his wife was right next, I'm, I'm, maybe it was his daughter. Uh, I don't know, he was really old. She didn't look that old, but whatever. But she was dancing next to him and he was holding that walker just doing as much as he could, man. It was humbling. Amen? Amen. But I'm excited to hear about how that went. Um, I haven't got a chance to listen to the messages yet, but I plan on doing that, and I would encourage you to do the same. I believe they're on Facebook and some other places. Easy to get a hold of. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He doesn't stop there. David continues, The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Fear is a powerful, powerful thing. When fear grips the heart of a man or a woman, it can be debilitating. People do crazy things when they begin to fear. Have you ever been stuck in an elevator with someone who's claustrophobic or afraid of small spaces? I haven't and I hope you haven't either but you don't want to be there walls begin to enclose air seemingly seems to disappear the once rational mind is turned irrational and they start seeing things that aren't there believing things that aren't there that's called panic and when that sets in you better get them out because they're going to get out but fear. There are over 530 phobias, as far as I'm aware of. Just a few of them. These are pretty interesting. Put a smile on your face. The first one that I found, paladophobia. Hopefully none of you have this, because it's fear of baldness and bald people. You better find a different church. (laughs) We got a lot of shiny heads in this place. Aerophobia, Fear of drafts. These are actual phobias. Porphyrophobia. Fear of the color purple. Kytophobia. Fear of hairy people. <laughs> Levophobia. Fear of objects on the left side of the body. Dextrophobia. Fear of objects on the right side of the bo- body. Auroraphobia. Fear of northern lights. Caliprophobia. Fear of obscure meanings. Thalassophobia, fear of being seated. Glad none of you are afraid of that today. This is a a tough one to say. Stabizbosophobia, fear of standing and walking. Odontophobia, fear of teeth. Graphophobia, fear of writing in public. And here's the best one. Phobophobia the fear of being afraid that is quite the conundrum of course then we have the other side of fear when there's some people especially little kids that seem to have no fear whatsoever about to walk into a busy street grab them pull them back they don't understand they have no fear I see this all the time when I watch the X Games. I'm like, what are they thinking? There was a, there was a, uh, well, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and a huge, in fact, (laughs) my stepbrother has this tattooed across his arm, says, no fear! It's already across his forearm. No fear. That was a big uh, t shirts and a big brand in the 90s. No fear. No fear. So we have panic, irrational fear. We have no fear. And I hate to say this, but the people that have no fear, they don't live that long lives, unfortunately. (laughs) The actual definition of fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. It's an instance of this emotion, a state marked by this emotion. It's also an anxious concern or a reason for alarm. See, fear is an emotion that God created in us to preserve life. A healthy dose of fear may get us to think twice before putting ourselves into a situation that we may regret. We, in the as humans and those in the science they, they, they've coined it fight or flight reaction it kind of goes something like this it's a dark and quiet night you're all by yourself you're alone in the house the only sound is the radio or television or Hulu or Netflix or whatever or hopefully the, the, that sermon you're listening to is, is there and all of a sudden you see it and hear it at the same time the front door slides open and slams against the door frame your breathing speeds up your heart races your muscles tighten for a split second you were so afraid that you reacted as if your life was in danger your body initiated the fight or flight response and this is critical to any animal or human's survival I was reading up on this, and it's rather interesting because we don't have any control over that initial response. The body has, uh, it's, a, it's like a, a shortcut that initiates that, and then your body thinks about it and then realizes, oh, I look at the door and I see, oh, okay, nobody's there. <laughs> you know, Jace is not there with the machete. Because that's what I thought. This is this is a, a good thing for survival. We need this. It keeps us from doing harmful things to ourselves or putting ourselves in a situation. The Bible makes it very clear that Satan is the enemy of our soul. And he wants us to fear him as... Christians He wants us to believe that he has power over us to strike fear into our hearts. But David immediately starts off Psalms 27. The Lord is my what? Light. Amen. This light is an illumination It makes bright, it's clear, it's daylight, it's morning, it's sun. There is something so comforting about light. It brings hope. It brings a renewing sense to it. It's the start of a new day. Whatever you had done or accomplished or are regretting from the previous day, guess what? You have a new day approaching. You have a new opportunity. Amen? You have a new chance to continue and to grow. The Bible says it this way in Lamentations 3.22. It says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. It says this in the very next verse. They are new every morning. The last I checked... We serve a God who cannot lie. Amen? So I'm here to tell you today that whatever has occurred that day, relax, because we got a new dose of compassion. We got a new dose of protection. We got a new dose of mercy waiting right around the corner. Amen? That's why we can come to Him, and we can approach Him, because just as sure as the sun is going to rise in the morning, so is God's mercy. So is his light. It's amazing. In Genesis 1.1, we see in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And of course, the earth was without form and void, but darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Bible says, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said it, Let there be light. And there was light. Eradicating the darkness. And then we skip all the way ahead to John chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. God was there at the beginning and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him we just read that and without him was not anything made that was made and in him was life and guess what that life what was it it was the light of men the earth was out light it was a dark place no life inhabiting it and God said let there be light we had an explosion and whoosh, there comes the stars the sun there comes his glory his presence shining over it when Adam fell when Eve fell There was a gap created. There was a darkness that was lurking, that was created. And this darkness resonated for thousands of years until all of a sudden, (laughs) that life came to us in the form of a baby. And it brought light. And guess what it brought? Salvation. Because when you have that light, when you have that illumination, it shows and reveals God's salvation. Amen? Because it is for God's light and for his salvation. The one more scripture that I wanted to share on light, I got a little bit ahead of myself, was Second Corinthians four six. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness guess what? Hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in what? In the face of Jesus Christ. The knowledge of the glory of God was God manifested in flesh in Jesus Christ. which was our what? Salvation. See, part of me believes that David could have just stopped there. Having that light, David probably would have been just fine, but God doesn't like to leave things or leave no stone unturned, as they say. Because, see, he's our light, and he opens our understanding to salvation. The salvation, when you look up the, the Hebrew for the first word that comes up is liberty. And I was so excited when I saw that. Because that's exactly what happens when we receive salvation. When we have that, that revelation of what it means to truly be saved. There is liberty. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says it this way. Now the Lord is that spirit. and I'm sure you know it. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty. That's why we can dance. That's why we can run. That's why we can worship. That's why we can walk into this place and shuck off the things that we carried in from the outside world, from work, from whatever stress bills, whatever's going on. We can step into this place and we can feel that presence, that, that, the untangible thing, the, the, the untouchable thing, that, that sixth sense that, that kind of washes over you when we start to worship and when you start to pray. And all of a sudden, wow, my arms aren't as heavy anymore. I can lift them up and surrender. I can can smile. I can laugh. Even though I may not have too many things to smile about. Even though I may have a diagnosis that I'm waiting to hear about. Even though I may have these things. Who am I to fear? When we have salvation, we have liberty. Liberty those things that this life wants us to be afraid of, we don't have to be afraid of those things. See, in Genesis 3.14, we, we see a foreshadowing, if you will. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, "'Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast, in the field upon thy belly shalt thou go.'" And thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. That's why I hate snakes. The man, I hate snakes. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. In other words, you think you're going to win. The seed of a woman is going to come into this earth. You're going to bruise his heel. You're going to crucify him. You're going to get everyone so stirred up. And you're going to think you have won. But guess what? Three days later, amen? Three days later, the final blow is going to come down on you. Amen. And he's going to bruise your head. And salvation will be available to who? Everyone. Any who should ask. Amen. Because whoo, skip forward to Matthew one twenty one, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And in Acts four twelve says, "Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved." David had it right. The Lord is my light; he is my salvation. He is your salvation today. So, guess what? Who shall you fear? Whom shall I fear? He's my light. He's my salvation. That's enough. But guess what? He's also my strength. That word strength is fortress on the defensive side. He's a a, a tower that we can run into. It's a force, it's a rock. It strengthens, it's a stronghold. I found this little poem online. It says, God has not promised skies always blue, flower strewn pathways all our life through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, or peace without pain. But God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labor, light for the way, and grace for the trials, help from above unfailing sympathy and undying love he is our strong tower today that the bible says the righteous and that's us can run into and be safe and guess what you don't have to be here to do that the bible says that he is as close as the mention of his name And it also says that he hears the prayers of his saints. You may not feel it sometimes. You may not think that it's happening, but you can stand on the promises of God. There's a song written about it, amen? It must be true, even though we don't sing it no more, because it's probably like 98 years old. But standing on the promises of God, because he don't lie but there's another kind of strength and that's the strength to be on the offensive Matthew 16:18 says it this way Jesus says and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and guess what the gates of hell shall not prevail against it In other words, look out, Satan. Look out, devil. And we can say that, and we can mean it. Why? Not because I have anything to do with it, but because I got a freight train behind me named Jesus Christ who's leading the way. Amen? Amen? So we can go to the throne room of grace and call out our family members' names, call out those who are sick, the Bible says, not Ryan says, the Bible says that they shall be healed. We just heard an amazing testimony last week and I wasn't here, but she was in our life group and I, I heard part of it and I already knew some of it. I was, uh, was able to, to be in the mix of that and see it as it's progressing through Clint's testimony. But to see her sitting in my living room Telling us about the goodness of God and how He delivered her. Amen? It's different, I understand, when you hear it from someone else talking about things overseas that they've seen where uh, you name it. Empty eye holes all of a sudden having eyes in them. People being dead and being raised up. but it's different when that person's sitting right there and you know that they should be dead I know it because I work in the medical field and I can't believe it but that's the God that we serve amen and we can go boldly amen because whom shall we fear today amen we don't have to fear doubt we certainly don't have to fear Satan We've already established that he's been crushed. See, he's he's created this great facade that that he's 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 orchestrated the greatest lie that this world has ever seen, and it's plaguing our nation. It's it's the problem is is it's plaguing the church. It's infecting it, corroding it from the inside out. And this is how the Bible puts it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 says this. This is a New Testament. This is, Jesus has already walked on the earth, spread his love abroad, changed Introduce salvation to people who don't deserve it, who fed the, the sick, healed the lame, preached the gospel. And Paul says this, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness, consciences. Knowing, therefore, the terror, this word terror is a fairly strong translation. Really, it's more of a fear of the Lord. You know, I have three sons, as I've said, one of them. He's not doing much these days. He's just watching, observing, like I already told you, sleeping and eating, smiling. Um, And he's starting to move a little bit, but he still ain't doing much. But I have two little boys. I am their father. They are my son. I cannot let myself get deceived to thinking that it is my job on this earth to be their best friend. Because, unfortunately, I will not at all times be their best friend. There must be a certain fear and a respect for me and my authority. Why? Not because I want to overpower them or rule or reign over them or have them be subject to me because they are lesser than me, they are inferior to me. No, because I love them and I care about them and I want to raise them up to be safe, to know what's right and what's wrong, to live a happy, healthy life where they have healthy relationships. And that can only happen if they respect and understand the authority that I carry when I speak my words. There has to be a certain level of fear there. That when I say something, I mean it, and I'm gonna act on it. So when I count down from to three, that gives you two seconds to act because they know what's happening on the third. And I'm not I'm not gonna get in a debate and I'm not up here to advocate or discuss or talk about you know disciplining of children, but I think we can all agree that there has to be a level of respect and fear from a child to their parent. And I'm pretty sure that every parent in this place would say that they love their children and that they want nothing but the best for their children. So when the Bible speaks about God being our Father, Jesus Christ being our father there has to be a level of respect of fear of reverence for the God that created everything because whether we want to just shuck all the blame on the devil unfortunately the greatest travesty that we've seen thus far is the removal of the fear of God See, there's one definite part of the definition of fear that I left out, and it's this. It says, to have a reverential awe or fear of God. The Bible says it this way. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord. He doesn't stop there. Guess what? It continues. And the comfort of of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? They were multiplied. When there's a level of respect and fear for the Lord, good things happen. The church multiplies. Comfort sets in. Amen. Philippians two twelve says it this way Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. But now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with what? Fear and trembling. We have to understand that there is an end coming, be it in our lifetime, be it in my children's lifetime. And it's okay to be afraid. I feel like I've done a good job of establishing the fact that it's okay to be afraid. We need that fear to survive as long as we don't get to the extremes, right? So it's okay to be a little bit afraid of what might happen if we haven't knocked on salvation's door. When we haven't done the only thing that God has really asked of us and we sing about it. I surrender all. And the thing that I love about the Bible is that it doesn't make it this huge complicated system or, or events that have to take place. And it's spelled out so clearly. You don't have to have a deep Revelation to read it and to understand it. Because I already mentioned in Matthew, what did Jesus Christ tell Paul? He said, Peter, upon this rock, establish a church and give you the keys to the kingdom. And guess what? Once that happens, the gates of hell won't be able to stop it. And I know that most of you know where I'm going. Because fear gripped the heart of Peter. Amen? So much so that he turned his back on the one he declared over and over again. And he even swung a sword trying to protect him. But obviously he's a very bad aim. Either that or he's really good because, man... I was thinking about that. How in the world do you even get an ear and not get a shoulder or... I mean, who knows? He was just flailing, probably. I mean, he was a fisherman. I mean, they don't really know how to use swords. I mean, they're good with knives, but... I'm assuming that they have to gut all the fish. But fear gripped his heart, and he was irrational. He was in a state of panic. He was doing everything that he could to convince them that he had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. But what did Peter do? He listened, and he obeyed, and he found repentance. And when Christ revealed himself to him and told him to go wait for him, he listened, and he obeyed, and he went And he waited, and he was one out of the 500 that went and listened. Thankfully, there was 120, but Peter was there because he wasn't going to make that mistake again. And when God filled him with the Holy Ghost, just like we heard in Sister Nancy's testimony, when God filled her with the Holy Ghost, there was no denying it. No one will ever take that from her. And I'm sure that anybody else in here that has received that wonderful gift can say the same exact thing. Just for her, it's fresh because we just heard it about how God removed that, that need for those medications, about how he healed that pain that she was suffering from in an instant, because that's how God works when he works. It may take a while, but when he does it, he does it. And there's no mistaking it. Amen? That's why I have to believe That there is an end coming. That's why the Bible says that through the terror of the Lord, we've got to persuade men and women do everything that we can to not only show them a better life. I'm sure I'm not the only one that can say that this life is so much better than my previous life. But it's bigger than that because there's something bigger than this life and that's the afterlife. That is heaven that's waiting for us. And We've got to let that fear sometimes motivate us and get us to push past the, the, the passivity, push past the, the, the initial reaction to just walk away because that fear is tangible and that can move you And the fear of Jesus is the only fear that we need to worry about. I love the way David continues after he describes the fact that he has the light and the salvation. Who shall he fear? He has the strength. Who should I be afraid of? And then he goes on. He says, When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though when hosts should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? All the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Amen. The Bible says that we don't battle against flesh and blood like David did, but we battle against other things, things that we cannot see, spiritual, and principalities and powers, things that are as real as you and I. Satan wants us to believe that they're not real. He's, he's convinced that anybody who believes that, 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 that the majority of the public, if, if we even talk about it, it's like, who are you? We'll talk about that. It's not real, but it is real. And David's one desire was to dwell in the house of the Lord. I I can bet with almost 100% assurity that David would have given anything to live in the hour that we live in. Because not only does he dwell, but the God that he worshipped, the God that he loved, that he, that he gave everything for, guess what? Lives in us. Because we are now the temple. So we carry Christ with us all the days of our life. All we have to fear and respect is our Lord and Savior. Satan wants us to believe that we have to fear him. How does that manifest? By keeping to ourselves. Because Satan knows that if he can get you to just shut your mouth, zip your lips, lock the lock and throw away the key, then he's won. But if we have a healthy dose of a little bit of fear and respect for the reverential power, for the terror that is coming, and I'm not saying to go scare people, and I'm not trying to scare you. It's it's a difficult thing to talk about fear and the fear of the Lord because I remember being a kid and sitting on the pew and being scared when I would hear the preacher talk about the end times, let the worship go all service so we don't have to hear the preaching Ah! but then I got an understanding that you know what we don't have to be afraid of that of that ending what we need to be afraid about is those who are going to see that ending because that should motivate us to get outside these four walls so that we don't have all these empty sections of pew because that all can't fall on Pastor Dallas because that calling was to everyone anyone who has the infilling of the Holy Ghost that calling is to you to be an impact to your community and I'm preaching to myself today because God was convicting me about this more than I would like to think so it's okay to have a little bit of a wake up call if you will and I'm coming to a close So wherever you are in your walk and I say walk but I mean in your relationship with Jesus Christ whether you've been in a relationship with him for the majority of your adult life if you've just been introduced to him wherever you are the longer you're in a relationship with someone that you love and care about you can come music can start playing wherever you are i know my wife better now than i ever did when we first met but that didn't mean that i didn't love her i didn't care about her i didn't respect her i know her more now than i did then so wherever we are in our walk with with christ That's exactly where you're supposed to be right here today. But I can tell you that you can't ever get too close to the master. I can never know my wife too well. In fact, I'm pretty sure that I will never be able to completely figure her out if I do, I'm writing a book and I'm going to make a gajillion dollars. Because that's an impossible task. But guess what? I'm just going to love her and try to find out as much as I can about her and that's what Christ desires in us and believe it or not I have a little bit of fear there not a bad fear yeah not a cowering fear but a respect for who she is so if we can stand in this place you know I always say I, every time I get up here I, I usually get around to it eventually and that's that the, the, the one thing I love about God I mean there's I'm sure you guys there's a thousand things we could say one thing that I really love about God is that all He desires is for us to just put forth a little effort to just talk to Him. There's not a test that you have to pass. There's not a certain language that you have to speak or a certain level of grammar that you have to reach or vocabulary that you have to to, to have in your mind. All you have to have is a desire to speak to the God who created the very air that we're breathing. The very heart that's beating in my chest is there because He put it there. And He desires to talk with me. Me who rejected him, me who walked away from him at one point in my life. But he was there. And I think that some of us may need to jog our memory a little bit about what it means to have a little fear in our life of what's to come. A reminder of why it's important to reach out, to invite people to life groups to invite people to church because we have a good thing for them. Could I get at least one A possible men? Amen. I said I'm coming to a close so you guys can have that little rush of energy that usually comes when you stand up and blood starts circulating through your body a little bit better amen? amen that got an amen but I think it's okay for all of us to just come and stand in front of the altar and, and spend a moment talking to Christ because I don't want to single anybody out I think as a body, as a family my, as with my family we do things together we go out together, we eat dinner together We do things together. And when one of us is down, guess what? The other ones are there to pick them up. When one of us is weak, guess what? The other one's there to strengthen them. And that's what we are. Lest I remind you, we are a family. The Lord is our light, He is our salvation. You ain't got nobody to fear. He's our strength. You ain't got to be afraid of nobody. But let the fear of Him and what this world has coming motivate us to not only keep our lives right, but to reach as many people as we can. That is the least that we can do. As we sing everyone with their eyes closed wherever you're at just spend a few moments talking to him thinking about his word thinking about the goodness of God thinking about the fear of the Lord We don't need to fear sickness. We don't need to fear creditors. We don't need to fear those things. Because if our fear is in the right place, that fear that's going to save our lives, that's going to cause us to reach out to save as many people as we can, that's what matters today.